Welcome to Man Talk, the podcast that's normalising the conversation about men's mental health. I'm your host, Jamie Day, and you can find me on Instagram at a day in the life dad, and you can hear more about my own mental health journey in series one of Man Talk. This show is made in support of the Movember Foundation, who are changing the face of men's health and fund life-changing and groundbreaking mental health projects around the world. You can read more about these over Movember.com. Man Talk is sponsored by Mojave's, who produce footwear for time well spent. Anyone who knows me or has followed my journey online will know how much I love the brand and their products. Their messaging really promotes me time, unwinding and self-care, which we all know with the challenges of everyday life is so important for our mental health. So thank you, Mojave's. This week, I'm in Camden with Kenny Mamarella de Cruz. Kenny is a personal development consultant, men's coach, and is also known as the Man Whisperer. Kenny's story of mental health comes from the dramatic beginnings of his childhood, which included death threats, refugee camps, paternal abandonment, and racism. His journey took him to the UK, and now years later, his experiences and learnings have shaped his one-to-one and group sessions that embody men's potential. Here's Man Talk. Hello, Kenny. How are you doing? I'm uh, apologetic for being so late. Don't you worry. (laughs) Don't you worry. But, you know, that kind of almost leads into things because out of my credentials of uh, mental health issues, the one that I'm still lumbered with is called dyscalculia. And I don't think that a lot of people know about dyscalculia. Never heard of it. It's to do with numbers and time and distance and weight and things in order, sequence, directions, things like that. Right. So I can get so overwhelmed and things just go blank. Right. Um, I, you know... I can be so easily diddled because you could add a couple of zeros or move the decimal point and it won't mean a lot to me. So right. yeah, dyscalculia really messes with me, but at least I know, at least it has a, uh, a word now where in the past I had lots of dirty little secrets, um, apart from one. When I used to twitch and grunt, then that wasn't hidden. And that was the embarrassing one because right. people could see. Right. Um, but I had obsessive compulsive disorder, body dysmorphia, trichlomania, where I was pulling my hair and picking at my skin. I had, uh, what do you call it, synesphobia? I don't remember. It's where the noise of people eating would just enrage me. Yeah, wow. Um, a contamination, things in their place. I had eating disorders, suicidal tendencies, but too much guilt to commit suicide and too OCD to go bulimic. Wow. And what, what kind of age was this? When, when was this in your life? Um, this was pre-teens. So at the age of seven, right. um, I was at the airport in Uganda with my father basically saying to me, you may never see me again, and you're now the head of the family. That was after being in hiding for a while because the secret service were after us. Right. So we were isolated because anyone in touch with us could be in trouble. Right. Phones were tapped, we were followed, we had death threats and we had to go hide. Well, you've got quite a background. Do you it's, wanna, it's been busy. Do you want to go into your background? <laughs> I to, don't mind. To how you got to... Here we are in Camden, sitting by the canal, like you stopped talking about when you were seven in Uganda to, you know few decades later like yeah well now we're sitting in camden talking about men's mental health and so it's been quite a journey and i think it's it's kind of relevant i feel lucky i mean it was absolute crap to have all of that going on it was absolute hell after refugee camps because my father got smuggled out and we were supposed to be killed and they just smuggled him out 
we didn't see him for a few months. Refugee camps were just horrible, and we didn't understand anyone's language or what was going on, so mm. we were kind of bullied there. Um, blah, 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 ended up in a small town in Wales. Um, so I was brought up Catholic, um, and it was a Catholic community. So it was small, near the sea, lots of Irish and Italians and Welsh and English, just like we knew. Right. So a very lovely community and um, Catholicism. Um, and also an addiction, as I think a lot of good families have, to what will people think. So what other people thought came first. And um, it's interesting that the work that I do is all about speaking, because in my family, if anyone spoke about anything that we were going through, then there was a risk that someone might crumble. And if one crumbled, then we all might crumble and we may never have survived. Um, we had nothing. We didn't know how to cook or clean or shop because we had other people do that for us. So we had no idea whatsoever. Right. Um, and it's interesting now finding out how many people come to see me speak uh, not because I'm smart or clever or even particularly good looking but just to you are <laughs> just to watch to see if I twitch right because so many men um, do have ticks minor right. ticks or, or big kind of Tourette's type ticks uh, and it's really shocked me how many of them don't leave the home they just stay at home because they're ticking. Right. And um, I've worked with a few men that have this, and, and a boy, actually, because mine started when I was very, very young. Um, and they were told that medication's the way, same as a lot of people that have had a lot of issues that have mm -hmm. undone myself were told that medication's the way or you have to live with it. And I wasn't told that. It was all my dirty little secret, and I had to calm down, unlearn it, and turn my life around. And How did you do that? Um, being aware of it. I don't know. I don't know. It took time right. of me being aware of it, being aware of my thoughts. Were you embarrassed by it? Desperately. Right. Totally. But then I so was embarrassed. Did you leave the house? No. Right. Um, we were working class in a council street and all the families, everyone knew each other, so we didn't have a place to retreat. There was school, there was... Um, church, there was just normal community, and mm. it, you know, in a way, I could say I was lucky um, because I was in a community where those that can afford to buy way their way out of things or hide, um, they not only get to exclude themselves and isolate, but they also generally hate themselves even more because it's like, well, I've got everything, I'm rich and comfortable, surely I shouldn't be depressed, I haven't got a right. And so many of my private clients have everything, mm. but they are nothing. They have just so dedicated their lives to surviving and putting on a good show that they don't even know who they are yeah. or why they're here or what they like or what their needs are. It's just really sad, broken survival. Mm. And for me to have been through everything I've been through, I feel so lucky that I've undone it um, you know, I didn't have um, an, uh, money for an education or therapy or anything like that. So I had to learn. And I've just kind of made up really simple tools that mm -hmm. help people turn it around through my own knowing my thoughts, 
knowing my feelings, even very, very simply. Um, a lot of people have a lot of dramas in their lives, and very often I find dramas repeat. It's the same old story, just different people. Same characters, but different people. Mm. Um, and very simply, I learnt to feel the feeling rather than go into my head and try and fix it and work it out or deny it. Feel it and in a breath follow it. And generally, I know exactly why this drama is playing out and what really needs to be taken care of in the past rather than getting distracted by the drama in the present. And I know that a part of me, for a, a, a lot of my life, call it a protecting part, would keep me safe by attracting the same old drama that I know how to survive. Mm -hmm. So I'm distracted in this drama rather than actually living a good life and taking the risk of being calm and happy and creative and free. And the early drama was uh, saving women. That was a very, very big one. You started with saving women? I'd say. Right, okay. um, at the, I mean, before I was seven, so we left without my father. So mm. in effect, I was in my mind, as my father asked me, taking care of my mother and brother. At the age of seven. Exactly. Wow. And even before then, How I was... was your brother? He was five. Right, okay. Yeah. Before that, from, from incredibly young, I was the golden boy. So my mother's, godmother's and grandmother's favourite. And being the golden boy means responsible for all their issues, responsible for their emotions, never being told off, never being bad or naughty, uh, and losing that status. Uh, probably rejected by the other children because I'm elevated to the status that I didn't necessarily choose, but it's the yeah. only one that I know. And an enemy to the men because I'm told not to be like the men. Meanwhile, what do I, where do I put myself and how do I do this? So you could say it was a privileged position. You could say it was a curse. It was what it was. And it's a very big thing that happens. Um, and I read a book by Pia Melody called uh, Facing Love Addiction. There was a chapter there or a passage called Emotional Sexual Abuse, which was amazing. And it was all about how the golden boy is raised, elevated between the mother and the father. And in a way, the, the thoughts and the feelings of the boy could be as if he was sexually abused. And I kind of thought, well, what is wrong with me emotionally? What is wrong with the way that I think? With so much of what was going on in my life, it literally was, what's wrong with me? Right. With most men that come to my men's groups and a lot of the clients that I see, it's what's wrong with me and how can I do me better? Yeah. Meanwhile, it's nothing to do with what's wrong. It's more about who are you and how can you be you yeah. rather than doing another survival act? and getting more and more depressed and having less, ex it's almost like with the expression, it relieves the depression. But getting back to those places of a broken spirit takes courage. It sometimes takes someone to hold it so it's, space to, it's safe to go there. And I know that I risked um, going totally bonkers because I thought if I start feeling that stuff or if I start crying, I may never stop crying. I might lose my marbles and I'll be rocking, dressed in white, tied up for a long time, being totally sane in my head, but with nothing coming out that makes any sense. Mm. So I risk total madness going there and sorting it out. Okay. Um, and I love that I can pass that on, especially with men, yeah. especially having been through it, and especially in our language. Yeah. So fast forward to now, you offer, as part of your... Um professional service 
you offer work groups to men, don't you? Yeah. Um, kind of what what kind of men do you meet there? So the men's groups are totally across the board from 18 to 80 something. Yeah. But these days it's rare that I get teens. It's these days, say mid 20s to probably 60s are mainly the the age group. Yeah. Uh, a cross-section of people and backgrounds. Yeah, all suffering with mental health issues or just exploring their life? or what, what kind of... I, I can't say that I actually can... Everyone has mental health issues. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a, a good stat that, you know, apparently one in four men, people have mental health issues, but actually it's one in one. Everyone has mental exactly. health. It's just how you cope with it and it's how you address it and how you manage it, so... I would say sadness, jealousy, um, rage... Uh, mourning when someone's died or moved away. Would you call that a mental health issue? It's just stuff that is felt that passes and stuff that is thought that passes. And if it doesn't pass, then maybe something needs to be um, met and therefore either included or allowed to pass. Mm. But it's almost like stuck parts of the story. Mm. And I, I know that with my story because we ran for our lives and we lost everything um i did quite well in say the music business or publishing or newspapers or i had a marketing design consultancy whatever and until i did before i did very well i changed job or well i was usually self-employed but i was mainly self-employed apart from my first job because i could never make it to work on time because i kept having to wash myself and be late and come up with more and more lies about why i was late i couldn't tell people i've got ocd or anything like that but yeah i've changed career and i've moved house because i used to keep running for my life because at the back of my mind it was still going on emotionally it was there and it was ruling me and running me so i would say the core of my work is getting men present and connected Mm -hmm. and whatever's in the way that needs to be named or known or rewritten or sat with or shouted about or Mm. cried about or just found out from other men how have you got over this then that's the space to let it pass do you find that do in your groups how many i mean is it like six to kind of eight people what kind of it's usually a maximum of say eight nine and do you find that they do you you try and group them that they have the similar issues or is it open to everyone and they're open to everyone there are five closed groups at the moment and i'm very careful with the closed groups because they are a kind of body of their own so um the right men that are in a similar stage or with similar issues Mm. or a similar temperament at the right time um would be invited to join or at least to try it out and it's six month batches for the closed groups but men usually stay for years because Mm. everyone gets to know each other and they can be who they truly truly are and change and get get feedback there is it a bit like a you know like a typical cliche aa meeting no around the room kind of like no not like that i'll tell you i get a lot of 12-step people and the only thing that i need to remind the 12-step people is this is where you are Um, invited to live beyond your story rather than be your story Mm. and share your story and almost be popular or have power because of such a strong story Mm. this is about naming the story rather than shaming it or blaming it and getting over it and living a better life so it's not about I have a problem and I need to talk it through until the cows come home it's more what's up right now 
Um, what needs to change right now? Um, how could you have a more enjoyable or peaceful or passionate life? Yeah. Um, if there are what issues up for individuals, then they'll be met with however the people in the room have met them. Do you basically all help each other? Totally. Right. So I you don't... just kind of almost like just guiding them yeah you know, just yeah but then saying that um i felt like i failed with the open groups because people would look at me and talk to me mm. and they weren't really in the same boat together right. where i wanted it to be non-hierarchical and transparent uh, and then i realized that that's how it is um if you go to a group or you go somewhere then there kind of needs to be a leader that holds the space, mm. makes it safe for everyone. And also, there's a funny thing about men. They say that if a man makes eye contact with another man, it either means I want to fight you or I want to fuck you. So it was so much easier. We look, we're looking at each other right now. Yeah, so and I feel quite safe <laughs> with you. We've well. got mics and we've got expensive <laughs> equipment, and I can't imagine we're going to do it either. No. But nine times out of Maybe later. Ten. But also, we, I would say, have come from a similar place with a mental health mm. journey and expressing ourselves. Men who express themselves and are present and connected um, don't have these issues yeah. so much. Do the men in your groups struggle to open up? Is it, or are they, do they, by the time they get to you, I, if they're willing to talk in a group, surely they've got to a point where they're ready to open up? Nine times out of ten, they are desperate to talk. Yeah. And they just simply don't have a space that they can talk. Most men are desperate. It's just the same old cliches and taboos, and it's the you know the shame that goes alongside men and mental health. So, and um, what really pains me is how much the media keeps going on about this and I'm sure statistically it must be true it's just the opposite experience in my life and in the lives of those around me so apart from running the open and closed groups I train people to run groups and also on the website you can download ground rules check and lay out round and there are videos and people can just run a group I did see that I said it does say run your own group so you know you're trying to spread your pass it on yeah you don't need to come to a men's group and be well behaved we laugh like crazy yeah we tell the truth about stuff Uh, we examine things it's basically hanging out and getting real Mm. it's not being holy it's not obeying the rules one of the ground rules is play bigger than the rules so you get some feedback rather than playing small and being accepted and approved and safe and actually being kind of dead yeah it's about coming it's and it's about who do I not need to be anymore in order to survive? So it's experimenting with who you are, letting go of who you no longer need to be and being a damn good bunch of leftovers Yeah. because that's the truth in this moment and then there's space for growth and change. How do the groups end? Do, do men, do you sign them off as like, you know, you're healed kind of thing or do they go, <laughs> go, you know, they get their own kind of like, you said you mentioned six months, didn't you earlier? The, you that's know, the closed this, groups, right? That's for the closed groups. So yeah. an open group, you just it's just, just for the evening as yeah. it goes. So, uh, and I do them online as well, right? So people can drop in, and people generally halfway through a check-in round, people are on the same side. Right. I don't know what it is, but it's magical. People open up and say stuff that they've never said to anyone. Um, some people become best friends. Some people never see each other again. It really doesn't matter. Um, it's a powerful thing, isn't it, when you find someone who's on the same page as you with when it comes to talking about mental health yeah. you know i found that through what i do i have you know so many messages from men you know who want to open up and it's a powerful powerful thing you know just knowing that you can help other men like find that 
that voice especially suffering silence and exactly and it's especially because i can speak from my experience they can speak from their experience and it's real mm. where there are so many people out there saying do this don't do that here's a technique it's almost like saying this is how to fix it or mm. suppress it or this is how to make a personality out of it which is also restrictive rather than how to be with it and let it pass mm. how to accept it as part of life and people have given other people so many so much great advice um of how it's worked for them yeah. that may or may not work for them but men in my experience are really really open to talk mm. but where the where society fails us i would say is people don't know how to listen or how to like you say not fix or not upstage or not laugh it off people don't know how to ask the right questions or when to be silent mm. um when to be in that uncomfortable place and this is i do a, a, a as well as the freebies i do a one-day training uh so people know how to hold their own men's groups um and i get men women therapists coaches people who are i don't know retired caretakers everyone because it's great tools that they can take into their own communities or even just with their friends yeah or even just with the voices in their head <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. I it's as mean. simple as that it's so 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 simple um and it really really is better out than in yeah because if it's not named then the stuff that just litters people's minds i mean i was addicted to my thoughts um, and I avoided my feelings with my thoughts. I also avoided my feelings with, excuse me, say eating, for example, because I just made sure I was always digesting, so I couldn't feel anything. I had so many strategies to play dead and survive. Mm. And now I can hold a space and ask other people where they are, um, and people sometimes quite quickly, sometimes quite slowly, in their own time, naturally sustainably open up let it go and they show up in their lives mm. and life really starts and the cross-section of blokes is ridiculous but we are all the same there yeah. it's amazing there was one guy where he so another one of my ground rules is you can say pass so it's not like you have to do things or there's anything to bully or freak you out he said pass for a full year and that so he was coming courage. to the sessions yeah he wasn't ready to right. speak. Okay, so he just sat and listened. Yep, yep. And he was very welcome, right. the way things were. Um, if that's where he is, then that's where he is. Uh, and did he finally open up? He joined the closed group. Um, within six months, everything came out. He fundamentally changed at the core. He was holding on to stuff all his life that he didn't, he didn't even know how to put it into language mm. to get it out. Um, wow. And he did his work and he left. Sorry. And that was so, so, so worthwhile. It's not about people have to stay. Yeah. It's about pick up what you need, live a good life, share a good life, mm. and pass it on. How often do you guys meet? Um, I've got a, at least one group going on every week. Every week. Okay. And then I've got five closed groups. That's the last week in the month. And then I've got, you know, the men facilitate. And then I was talking about men flirts, which flirt, is yeah. men flirts. Well, it sounds interesting. Nothing about flirting. <laughs> everything about being authentic. Yeah. Because it's the same with mental health 
and it's the same with what will people think who do I need to be in order to be accepted or not found out mm. and the bottom line is as far as I'm concerned and it's proven itself from people that have done men flirt be yourself and people know who you are and can get attracted to you yeah. be a fraud and no one will know where to put you there won't be that much trust and you probably attract other frauds where I would say the pain I believe of most people is not being met and the absolute exquisite joy is finally being met being heard being understood um, and it's just like sitting in the yeah I get it sitting in the yeah same right so you're known as the man whisperer where does that come from luckily enough um, out of the blue, I got an email from Newsweek, which is uh, a respected magazine. Yeah. And they said, we're doing a cover story art- article about men and mental health and suicide. Would you be interested? Everyone else is a doctor, but never mind, we want you in. Fine. Met the journalist. Excellent, excellent guy. Followed me around, asked lots of questions, came to a men's group. And I didn't get a huge amount of space in the magazine because the doctors took over. God damn them. But they wrote a book. And there was a whole chapter about me and the men's groups and how it works with men, mental health and suicide. Mm -hmm. And they called me the man whisperer. Right. Unbelievable. You didn't even come up with yourself, so that's even I, better. Even if I came up with the idea, I wouldn't have the audacity. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so oh, you talk a lot about being a better man and being a more authentic man. Yeah. Now, dated stereotypes of a better man would be um, very much different to what your idea of a better man is. Be a man, you know, back in the day is... You know, grow a pair and all that kind of stuff, man up. Yeah. What's your idea of a better man? What you describe there, to me, has got nothing to do with any with, with men. That's boy stuff. And I'd say there needs to be a real distinction between men and boys. And for me, uh, a boy competes and survives. Uh, a man collaborates and lives. Uh, a boy generally comes from am I and it's am I safe am I popular am I going to be humiliated am I loved am I going to be found out whatever it is where a man comes from I am he has an idea about who he is he knows his values he knows his um, maybe vision for his life for the world and he lives with purpose Mm. so there's a huge distinction so I've hijacked man up and I've made it man up and talk about it because a man has the balls to tell the truth and live the truth and a man's not scared of his feminine side Mm. as a boy uh, I don't have one as a man thank god I have a feminine side because I can listen I can respond instead of react and I can be a balanced human being that contributes and be true to myself because male doesn't necessarily mean masculine Um, toxic masculinity doesn't necessarily mean male toxic femininity doesn't necessarily mean female there's boys and there's girls and there's men and there's women and it's like it needs to be broken up totally broken up Mm. so for me a man is true to himself kenny i think that's uh absolutely wonderful place to end it um thank you so much for your time and um it's been really it's been uh it's been great to hear your views on um, men and mental health and toxic masculinity and everything so yeah thank you so much for your time pleasure cheers nice one thanks again to the show sponsor Mojave's who produce footwear for time well spent 
Check out mojaves.com to see their products and you can use the code MANTALK with no space or capitals to get 10% off. If you're struggling with your mental health, please reach out to someone you know, your GP or a charity such as Calm or the Samaritans. Help is out there. Thanks again for listening and take care.